Yo. <laughs> Thanks for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. All right, check this out. On this podcast, we're going to take it back. We're taking it back to the 80s. We're going to give you the certified top five hip-hop groups of the 80s. Now, if you're a fan of today's hip-hop, you know, the hip-hop group concept may be a little bit foreign to you because hip-hop groups pretty much uh, don't exist. But if you came up in the 80s or you're around that time, you're outside and you're into music, you know exactly what we're going to be talking about on here. And I got a special co-host coming through, my man Eclectic. Now, if you've been following this podcast, you know Eclectic and I never agree on anything. So that's not going to change on this podcast. But it's my man. He's cool. And, you know, I don't run with lame. So he's coming back and we're going to break it down and we're going to give you some education. So sit back, relax. We'll drop the theme music and we'll get the podcast jumping. Let's get it. Welcome back. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. Uh, As I mentioned at the top, man, we're talking about the top five, our certified top five hip hop groups of the 80s. And we got a special guest, man. You know him. You love him. Uh, My mellow, my man. We go back like, I think he said once, uh, Fat car, fat, fat crayons and car seats. Yeah, that's it. Fat crayons and car seats. <laughs> we go back like Dollar Hogan's and Tahitian treats. Mm. Um, my man, my mellow, eclectic. E, what's up, Playboy? Yeah, what's up, everybody? I need you to do three things: stop, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, man. Thanks for coming back to the podcast, man. Yeah, it's, it's 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 nice here in the uh, in the twelve studios. It's it's uh it's it's very airy. It's nice, mm-hmm. you know. It's uh, nice things on the wall. We got uh, pictures of Miss Melody and Mia X here on the walls, uh, scantily clad, might I add. Uh, yeah. uh, I like it like that. Uh, bowls of cheese balls and and uh, and quarter waters. This is nice here. <laughs> Thank you. Oh man, always good to have you on, man. Me and me and this guy. For for those of you who don't know, um, we go back. Man, I was thinking about it like earlier today. We go back literally about what I say about nine, eight or nine years, something like that. Oh, because uh, shouts to the message board. Yes, yeah, oh, message board. Those are some good days, man. Yeah, Those the message board was popping. This is before social media. <laughs> this is be- this is before Twitter ruined everything. <laughs> yeah, I created a I created a nice home for a lot of people. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. And so we we we've been rolling, man, damn near ten years, and we've never met. Um, we we gonna hang out one day whenever yeah, whenever gonna... he makes it back to the ATL or I make it to DC. We are gonna hang out. Oh, man, way to way to mess up the illusion. I was in the studio with the cheese balls <laughs> and the quarter waters. You just this is why. Boy, I tell you. <sighs> so we're here, man. We're talking 
Uh, we're talking 80s groups, man. Um, this is going to be an interesting podcast for one, for many of you listening, because some of you don't have a concept as to what a hip hop group is, because if you look at the current landscape of hip hop, uh, there are none. <laughs> and there really haven't been hip hop groups, at least at this level of caliber of groups that we're going to talk about on this podcast in a very, very long time. Um, so E man, we came up in the eighties. What I want you to do before we even start talking about our top five, mm. tell me what it was like in the eighties when you had a group or at the very least a crew, what that was like, you know, to, 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 in the hip hop sense, how important were groups, hip hop groups? Well, see the, the, the thing was back in the day, um, or a regular MC, uh, your, your typical MC would, you know, stand on their own, try to be dope. They wanted to be the king's rap. They wanted to be seen as better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And when 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 hip hop was in its infancy, they um people had crews. They just people that they hung out with. And if one person was rhyming, this is what used to happen. And because this actually happened to me. Mm. You know, when you when you rhyme, you, you know, you be at home and you write down your rhymes and you recite them in the mirror with your brush. Do whatever, whatever you do. You know, you freestyle it against stuffed animals like you ain't nothing, you know. And then you go to school the next day. You just go to school. You do your school thing. And every now and then you might be bored in class and something or something got in your head and you start writing. And then, like, one of your friends might look over, like, what you doing? They're like, oh, shit, I was just writing this rap. And they were like, I rhyme too. Mm. And then it's like, word. And then that's, and the next thing you know, you beating on the desk in the lunchroom. Everybody's rhyming and stuff like that. Because people, it, it wasn't, it was a thing that you, hip hop and rhyming, that wasn't just a thing you did because you loved the music. It wasn't a thing you did because you was trying to get anything out of it. So you would just write. Because that's what you did. And then somebody else see it and be like, yo, I didn't know you rap. I rap too. And then you start rapping. And so same thing happened on the block. And it happened a couple of different ways. Sometimes it's friends that'll be, you know, you'll be hanging outside, maybe you shooting ball and maybe riding bikes and do, you, you just start rapping. And then your, your boys will be like, what song is that? He'd be like, nah, I wrote that. And they're like, word, <laughs> you rap too. And then you start rapping. And then you'd be like, yo, we should do this together. I'm going to say this because, you know, you got her run DMC. And so you say, look, we could be the next run DMC. And or the other thing happens is back when you were rhyme, people be like, yo, my man, a couple of blocks. Mm. He rhymed too. And he better than you. And he like, he ain't better than me. Bring him over here. And then he come over and then y'all would battle. And sometimes they'd be like, yo, you kind of nice. We should link up. Mm. Because it was never like, you know, I'm about to shoot you in the forehead because you rhyme better than me. It'd be like, yo, we should, we should, we should definitely link up. And then you start, you know, you'd be a group like that. Um, um, 98% of the groups in the 80s and uh, most of them in the 90s, they were friends. True. Fact. They, they knew each other. Once you got to the end of the nine, well, mid nineties, end of the nineties, you know, they put people together. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Look, 
we signed this dude, <laughs> and, and, and his album ain't really popping off the way we thought. And then they'd be like, well, we just signed this dude, and he kind of all right. Like, shit, let's put them together. You know, let's 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 put these people together, right. and and that's why a lot of groups fell apart because it was like, man, I don't even really know you. I ain't even go. I I ain't come in this with you, right? We ain't going, boys. Yeah, and then and then and things like that happen. Um, but it was nice back in back in the day to have um somebody. That you could bounce ideas off of, and 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 and, and you could you could mark yourself. It's dope when it's it's one thing to come out with a with a with a uh, a feli tracksuit, some felis and some shades, and they'd be like, "Oh, that dude's cool." But when you got three people coming out <laughs> with the feline tracksuits, maybe one's a different color, you know, you got the different people. Be like, "What the?" F- that- <laughs> These dudes is dope before right. because you got to think about it. This is back when we was buying joints just mm-hmm. off the album just cover. Off the album cover. So when you see that, you like these dudes is dope. I don't, I don't know what their music sound like, but I got to get this. <laughs> that, that's what it was. We're like, you see three dudes with a New York Yankees hat or the Yankees shirt. You're like, oh sh, I bet you they nice, and right. you just get it. So it was something to that, and. You know, it was something to being able to rock with your boys, and instead of you know, because because back in the day, that's all we had. That's you know, mm-hmm. it, internet, no Twitter, no, you know, uh, most of the people started when they were young. They didn't even have a car, so only thing that you was gonna do after you left school or whatever was hang out with your boys anyway. Right. So now, fuck, let's hang out with my boys, do what we was gonna do anyway, which is rap and listen to music, mm-hmm. but also um, you know, record. And then we get women. Exactly. Because you got to think, the, the, the main emphasis back then was to be nice, be recognized as the best, and get women. And money was like tertiary. Yeah. It might have been <laughs> worried about getting paid. Yeah, it might have been even fourth. It was be considered the dopest, get some women, have sex. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, get, and get airplanes. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you, you go to somewhere, be like, "Yeah, that's me." They're like, "What?" And then you would have sex. But um, but yeah, yeah. Groups, groups was dope back then. Yeah, I, I agree, man. It, it, it was. I, I'm amazed at how well the groups from the '80s laid the blueprint. And then I'm also disappointed as, as to how it kind of faded away, man. If if you if you could pinpoint, and, and we'll get into our, our certified top five real quick, but. If you had to pinpoint what, what happened, what happened to where the groups kind of fell off because we we had such an impact in the in the eighties, um, early nineties was still strong, mid nineties started trickling, late nineties groups kind of you know after the whole you know bad boy era, you know you, you know you started to see a, a fade and then by the two thousands man. The, the groups were damn near gone, and like even now, you don't. I mean, I know you don't listen to hip hop now. I ba- I ba- vaguely listen to it, but if the '80s gave us such a blueprint, how did hip hop, or how or why did hip hop groups fall off as bad as they did over the you know following years? Now, uh, in my opinion, this is easy. This okay. is an easy answer. This kick, is an easy kick answer. the ballistics to me. As I said before, 
the main thing was to rhyme, be considered dope, you know, maybe, you know, and just go party, have, you know, get some women and and kick it. Then, and because in the 80s, you got to remember in the 80s, hip hop, rap music was seen as a fad. It was like, oh, you know, that's what y'all, that's what y'all doing. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We're going to turn on this Michael McDonald, though. And um, so what happened to the groups was money. Mm. Hip hop became a viable earner. It was in McDonald's commercials, you know, and 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 R&B singers will have a rapper on their songs now because they that was how they get to the streets. That's how they got the urban market. Luther couldn't sell no more. <laughs> you know, Patty LaBelle when it got Big Daddy Kane on feels like another one. Like, look, I need, I need some hip hop, right? And so. Once, once the money started coming in, and people was because before, if you went gold, people were like, "Shit, how do you do that?" Right. Oh my god, man. But then silver and platinum started happening, and so once you started having groups, before it'd be like, "Look, this group is a unit." But then once the money started coming in, the A and R's and the record labels started looking at the groups like, "Yeah." Who could we make some more money off of? Who's the Bobby Brown of this joint? Mm, mm. That's you know they looking at leaders of the new school like Buster Rhymes though he be he kind of different. We right. might be able to we might be able to do something with that, you know. Um, and so so once the money started flowing in, people on one hand, like I said, the record labels and stuff start looking at the groups like yo. We could we could do a solo we could do a solo project with this dude, mm-hmm. and then on the other hand, people be in the groups, especially when you're in a group with your boys or your friends, and you know how boys are. We start, you know, irritating each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every now and then because before and listen, especially in the '80s, you fight somebody, <laughs> and your friends, you friends half an hour later, you're like, ah man, come on, let's go to Burger King. You know, uh... and you never even bring up the fight again, right? And so, but then when money's involved, like, I don't need to be in this group. I wrote half of y'all rhymes anyway. Right. <laughs> so then you bounce out, you know? So you had, to, you either had the record label stuff, shouts to Jerry Heller. You had the record label that's like, yo, yo, you don't need them. Wait, how you going to tell Easy you don't need them when they all wrote your rhymes? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of do. But, but then... <laughs> You have, then you have just regular egos. And once you have, you know, your egos, and then you can do something about it. Because, see, other groups will have egos and be like, yeah, but I, you know, I, I couldn't do a solo. Ain't <laughs> nobody going to listen to me. Or some people was just, they stayed in groups because they're like, look, I don't really want all of the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I don't want all of the limelight. I can't go. If I went out there by myself, you know, and it's the same without my boys, even though I hate them, I still, you know, I still want to do this. Um. So, eventually, people were just you know not going into it with their people. Instead, instead of yo, you rhyme, I rhyme too. We should link up, be a group, and go get this money. It's oh, you rhyme and you rhyme. All right, we're a crew now. Let's both go get solo deals, mm. and we'll be on each other's albums. Mm-hmm. 
and then and then we're gonna get three of our other friends who can't rhyme, write for them, or just have them be our hype man. Come on, you y'all right. y'all too. And so and so and now we're a label. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> now we're a label. We're a conglomerate. So in my opinion, I, I I think that's pretty much. I think that's pretty much what happened. Yo, I. I don't have anything to add, man. I think you broke it down, man. That that makes all the sense in the world. If you really think about it, and this is sad, and I even, you know, I did, I kind of did a podcast about this. There are no R and B groups either. None, None so, whatsoever. It, it used to eighties and nineties. That's it, man. I'm, I'm saying so. Groups, man. Groups went away, man. And once um, Beyonce started kicking everybody out, man, it was. Shout out know, to Kelly. I like. Because, hey, all right. Do we? Do, do we? You, you like? You like? Uh, you like the Destiny Child? I'm not a fan of Destiny Child at all. But okay. I like. I like looking at Kelly. I should say. Okay, because because people people that like you know Destiny's Child, and I'm not. I'm not bashing. I'm not bashing, even though I got my own opinions. Name the two, three songs that uh, Kelly had to lead on. Uh, I can't think. of <laughs> name name the Michelle. Name the Michelle leads. Name the ones she led on. Because I can tell you the songs that Ralph sang on, and the songs that Ricky sang lead on, and the songs that Bobby sang leads on. I can tell you. I can tell you the songs that Mike and Ron tried to sing on, but we knew they weren't the singers. Right, right, right. But, but that's the other thing. Groups back then, you know, everybody got to shine because, like, hey, we're a group. Then it got to look. I'm, I'm the lead. We the Supremes. I'm right. the lead singer. Y'all back me up. And then you know, people like fuck out of here with that, man. That, <laughs> you know. that that's really what happened. And yeah. and it just you you talked about R and B and if you know hip hop was the same exact way. So you know, even in saying all of that, man, we we we're at this place where the '80s. It, it was so what what made the '80s so dope is that they gave us some of the greatest groups in the. You know, in the era of hip hop, and you know there was, you know, like I said, there was a fall off, but we still cherish these groups, man. And we're gonna one of the reasons why we're here, man. We're gonna break down our certified top five hip hop groups of all time. So let's get it started. Oh, man. Oh, of What's the eighties. I'm sorry. Yeah, did I say eighties? You said of all time. I'm sorry. Eighties of the eighties. I'm sorry. Listen, uh, <laughs> these, lists, these lists can get real different yeah. depending on the criteria. Oh yeah, yeah. We're talking certified. Top five groups of the eighties. All right, so now before we start, go ahead. What's your definition of a group, Kyle? You got to have at least hmm? two MCs. Mm. So some people consider Eric B and Rakim a group. I don't consider them a group because there's only one MC. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're talking a group, I would consider Public Enemy to be a group because they have two MCs. Chuck, Chuck D and Flavor Flav says the man who loves what's your favorite song? Cole Lampin. That is not my favorite Public Enemy song. <laughs> that is my favorite song on that album. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying, just because. Hey, but, hey look, this is your hey, show. Hey, man. you know, but but you know what? I asked you for your five, so. Hey, give me your five. I know you being the hip hop historian that you are, you will have a valid reason, even though I may not agree because <laughs> I never agree with you. You will have a valid reason for your five. So 
let by all means let's 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 make it happen. Um, all right. So number five, give me your fifth best group from the nineteen eighties. From the eighties, and when we say from the eighties, be clear, folks. We're talking about they had to have debuted uh, in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> My number five group. <laughs> My number five group of the 80s debuted in 1984. Okay. I have three MCs and one DJ. Okay. UTFO. <laughs> you know what, man? I somehow knew that they would end up on this list. UTFO. Uh, Kyle, do you know what UTFO stands for? Uh, what is it? Untouchable Force? Objects or something like that? <laughs> Objects? That's dope, man. That's real dope. Um, UTFO, Untouchable Force Organization. Okay, well, I was close. Um, can you name, can you name all the members? Uh, let's see. There's the Educated Rapper, rest in peace. Uh-huh. Um, Can't Go Kid. Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Ice. Okay. And... DJ, 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 DJ. What's the DJ's name? DJ, you are. He's a ninja and he breaks bones. <laughs> so I was close. Mixmaster Ice. Mixmaster. Ah, damn it. Anyway, um, um, so shouts to the Keystone Dancers. Can't go kid Dr. Ice. Um, the reason why they're on the list, because, because, you know, one, they were very influential in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Their B-side of their their first single sparked a revolution in hip-hop. The Roxanne Saga with over a hundred answer records. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever done anything like that. It was a B-side. It wasn't even their main single. And um, that was crazy. Um, it, it gave birth to my one of my favorite rappers, and one of the reasons why I even love hip hop, uh, Roxanne Shante. If it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't have known Roxanne Shante. And because of Roxanne Shante came out, her DJ was Marley, and this was before the Juice Crew. And maybe the Juice Crew wouldn't have happened. This is, I mean, the dominoes is crazy for UTFO, mm-hmm. but but people don't, you know pay too much attention um besides that they had um four albums in the 80s okay um utfo skeezer please and lethal and doing it the utfo album i love it's incredible but the lethal album that came out in 87 is one of the most underrated albums in hip-hop um so the fact that um, you know you had three MCs that you know never broke up. Nope. Uh, uh, on Skeezer Pleaser, you only had uh, two MCs because Educated Rapper was what locked. Up. No, he was in rehab, so it wasn't his fault. I mean, it was his fault, but you know. <laughs> but he came back. He got out. He got he, he got cleaned clean. up. Yeah, he cleaned up. Um, yeah, um, but. Uh, 
Yeah, I just I just love UTFO. And what I like to do with these lists and these podcasts and, and, and my podcast and my Twitter is to shine lights mm. on 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 MCs and groups that don't really get the recognition. I hate the fact that we got to wait until somebody die right. or, uh, or a half ass hip hop honest where they only do a little bit of a good job to, to recognize these people. You never hear people not give. You know the Rolling Stones, their props, or the Beatles, their props, or you know the, 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 the Chicago, the Flaming Lips, Led Zeppelin. You know, and so I, I want to make sure that people remember. Hey, yo, UTFO was a group, a crew, a movement, and and they was they was dope. You know, UTFO, um, the Keystone Dancers, Kango Kid, and Dr. Ice. They was on the Phil Donahue show, breakdancing. It was a, uh, it was incredible. So, um. And uh, shout outs to Full Force because they produce mm, just yes, about everything yes, they did. Yes. Uh, and 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 what you know without you just don't know how hip hop would have progressed if it wasn't for this group. It is it's, it's wild to think about, but um, it's it's true. I think um, Roxanne Roxanne was ranked like you know somewhere in the middle of um, VH1's greatest hip-hop songs of all time yeah i mean it, it, it is a classic it, and like you said there were so many responses to that that record it was, un- yeah. it was unreal it was unreal like i mean like just imagine for those of you who did not live through that time a song coming out you know and everybody and their mama running to the record re- running to the studio to record a response listen they just they made the Roxanne Roxanne song again. It was the B side. Next thing you know, you know Roxanne Shantae made Roxanne's Revenge, and then Sparky D made Roxanne You Through this and Roxanne Shantae. That didn't have anything to do with Roxanne Roxanne. Right. But then you ended up with Roxanne's Doctor, Do the Roxanne, the parents of Roxanne, Roxanne's my sister, uh, Roxanne's little sister, Ice Roxanne, Roxanne's a man, Roxanne is dead. <laughs> Uh, uh, then the real Roxanne came. All out. of these are songs for real people. These are, these are <laughs> Roxanne. Roxanne's a man is a, 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 a for real song. And the songs about Roxanne um, that UTFO was talking about, or Roxanne Shante was a man that was raped in prison and turned himself into a woman after they got out of prison. <laughs> that's that's what the name was. That's what the song was. Listen, and this was this was eighty five. Very, <laughs> very politically incorrect. Oh, hey man! Oh, it was crazy. Parents of rights and UTFO. Your mouth run like water. What did you have to make a wreck about my daughter? <laughs> it was so many. Like I said, UTFO couldn't even respond to uh, a tenth of the the disc records that came behind that. So uh, okay, okay, I got you. So okay, you again. You justify it. This is your top five, man. I I love it. UTFO coming in at number five. Go ahead. Number five for me. De La Soul. Um, Man, listen. I love these dudes. I think when you talk about, you know, the impact that some groups have, obviously some groups are more impactful than others. But this group is very impactful for not just 
the genre and the time in which they came out, but the subsequent groups to follow behind them, they were impactful for and led their crew, the native tongues. Um, this group, man, you could make a case, and it's you know, I don't even rest. I don't even know if it's necessarily up for debate, but their their first what two, maybe three albums. You know, depending on who you ask, are classics. So, I've talked to people who might say, okay, first album was a classic, second one wasn't, third one was. Do do your research, listen, and judge for yourself. But it's debatable. And Eclectic will tell you, this group right here, the blueprint and the, the imprint that they left on hip-hop was... Uh, Unlike many others uh, prior to you know them them being released, Th- this group is incredible, man. De La Soul, I think even to this day, they get the props, they get the love, but I still don't know that they get the props and the love that they should get because they were so dope and they came out in an era and they managed to in the eighties be different they look different they sounded different you know they they didn't come from you know the slums of new york so their music didn't sound a certain way and they didn't look a certain way but when you when you saw me myself and i i remember watching the video for the first time like who are these dudes but the song was so dope like you had to pay attention to what they were saying then when you listen to the rest of the album you're like yo man this is i mean like it was so refreshing it's it's kind of hard for me to put into words it's one of those things where I don't want to say you had to have been there in the 80s, but if you were there, like, I don't know anybody from that particular era in the 80s that didn't like De La Soul. And that is saying a lot because you had to be dope for the masses to really, really like you. But yeah, man, De La Soul, number five, man, for me, man. Love these dudes. Even to this day. I don't love the last album. That's another story for another day. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but they, and, even beyond the 80s, their level of consistency, I think, is is, is mind-blowing. Um, the way that rap has changed, and they were able to change and evolve, but still had the same sound, still had the same dopeness, and they never really, you know, tried to cater to the, you know, to the radio or anything like that. Like, they just wanted to make dope shit, and to be honest, that's what they consistently did over their entire career. So, I, number five, it goes without saying, man, De La Soul. Mm-hmm. You agree? Sure. <laughs> you got quiet there. Nah, you you was talking for a half an hour, man. It was just, it was just, just I right, was doing so, my homework. So number four, who, who you got coming in at number four? I got De La Soul number four. Okay, okay. We were close. I mean, uh, the, they 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 would have been they would have been fifth, except for they were more impactful than. I mean, they're not more impactful I mean, in the long run. I wasn't looking at the long run. I was looking at the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but the UTFO is just the fact that UTFO was more of a... After the 80s, you didn't really get much UTFO. Um, but um, and, and De La Soul was going to be really fifth. They almost weren't on the list because they came out in 89. True. And so that's right at the telling nights. I can't. I don't really want to even count them, but the fact that they first single was out in '88, 
Uh, I was like, okay, you know. Technically, they debuted, the album debuted in 89. Yeah, yeah. So, I I mean, so, uh, I could could go on forever. Okay, so, before before we move on, give me your your, your take on that debate about how many classic albums, and I know we're not talking about classic albums, but I got to ask since I brought it up. Uh, Here's the thing about De La Soul. Break it down. De La Soul, until 2016, they came out of 88. They came out of '88, so if you if you do the math from, you from, from '88 to 2016, um, they never dropped a whack album until 2016. And the album in 2016 was whack. Yeah, that album. Listen, I'm gonna give everybody this listen. I'm gonna give you a little bit of background on me and Dela. So, all things considered, in my opinion. De La Soul has a stake, a claim for being the greatest hip-hop group of all time. The reason why I say this is because while they're not a public enemy or NWA where, you know, everybody loves them and, and they got movies and shit like that, they were consistently dope. For over three decades Mm. Consistently though What I'm saying is this When you talk about your public enemy You talk about your NWA You talk about these people You're like yeah that album was whack That album was whack That one had like two songs on it that I like Most of them peaked after their first two albums Most groups Hell most MCs peak Their first two albums Sometimes you get a third out of them Mm. The thing about De La Soul is Nine albums deep. Let me rewind. When you talk about most MCs and most groups, and you ask someone, what's your favorite album? They, the majority of people are going to pick one of two. And it's typically going to be the, one of their first two albums. De La Soul, nine albums deep. You can ask multiple people, what's your favorite De La Soul album? You're going to get one out of nine. Mm. Some people be like, yo... Three feet high rise was my shit. Others gonna be like, man, stakes is high as crazy. Others gonna say the grind date. Somebody else might say De La Soul is dead. Somebody else might say Bionics. It's crazy mm. because they're always dope and they they reinvent themselves is the thing that they do. They um they stay dope. They stay in their own lane, but they reinvent themselves. You never get bored with them because their next album doesn't sound like the one that you just heard. But it's still dope. Just imagine that. Imagine your, your your favorite your favorite television show every season is just something brand new, and you're like, "Fine, I didn't see that coming." But this is incredible. Instead of, "Oh yeah, so that's the husband. He gonna <laughs> he gonna he gonna shoot her because he don't like her. He shot her last season, you know, you know, or you know, you listen to NWA like, "Yeah, fuck the bitch. You gonna fuck her in the pussy hole, okay?" And then you don't like the police still, okay? And then you listen to the public game like, yeah, they they holding us back. Yeah, we black. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, I like Nikes, but wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but these dudes, they like, hey, it's the Daisy Age. And then they like sold us dead. Fuck that. We're gonna do this. And then they had another one, the Balloon Mind State. Balloon mm-hmm. Mind State, um, they say in the beginning, what the Balloon Mind State is, is balloon. They might blow up, but they won't go pop. 
Because mm. a lot of people was going pop. Everybody's going pop. And so it was like, we might blow up like a balloon, but we won't go pop. It was incredible. Incredible thought. And then stakes is high. And then, so anyway, I could, like I said, I could go on forever. So in my opinion, how many classic albums they got? They got at least four, maybe five classics. Mm. Um, and, and, and they are hands down the most consistently dope group in hip hop history. Are they the best? It depends on your criteria. If your criteria is, is, is discography and longevity and, and dopeness and, and lyrics, I, it's hard-pressed it's hard to say no. But if you're going to say, well, NWA impacted these people and Public Enemy impacted these people, and, and, and then no, because De La Soul stayed in their lane and they just said, look, they like uh, coochie rap. Hmm. They just kept making dope shit. Dope shit. Like, look, I'm, I understand, but we're not here to save the world. Uh, it's like like uh, AZ. He said, um, "Loving the game you gave me, loving my name is AZ. Never sold millions, but fucking, I'm here to save the babies." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey, man, you know, look, man, I'm just I'm just rhyming, man. This is what I love to do. So they just made dope music. They ain't trying to do like I, right, you know, do all kind of craziness. So anyway, but um, I got them um, for for my '80s group, and, and that album, that Three Feet High Rising album. It's revolution because here's the other thing that uh, Kyle didn't mention, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned. All you guys that's listening to hip hop in the last, you know, couple of decades, and you and you listen to the skits, you know where those came from. Yes, De La Soul. De La Soul's the first person to do skits on a hip hop album. Yes, that's it. No, no, they they invented it. But they don't give props for that. And they they not even the ones that's gonna be like, yo, we did that. They just like, hey man, yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, if they, you got, they don't ask for the props, but they get them. Yeah, and you open up that cassette tape, man, it was a fold out, it was a comic. And then in the second album, um, like back when you were in elementary school and you would watch the movie and it ding and you turn the thing to go to the next movie or the next uh scene, they, that's what that album did. It was a <laughs> listen. Please do your knowledge on De La Soul. Get the discography. Stop it, 2016. And um, but I'll tell you this, and this is the last thing I'm gonna say on De La Soul. As much as I say they're the most consistently dope group ever, and as much as I say nine albums deep, and they never made anything whack until 2016, when the 2016 joint came out. A ton of people loved it. Mm-hmm. That is how dope they are. Even when they biggest fan looking like, I don't know about this one. You got a whole fucking half of country like, yo, that might be one of their best ones. Damn, they're 30 years later. Yep. They still making some of their best music to some people. You're not going to hear that about any group, any hip hop group that's been rocking that long. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, their 10th album. Eh. That's that's strong. That's one of the best. Nobody's tenth nothing is their best in hip hop. <laughs> so you know, I'm just gonna. I, I need to throw that out there. That's a great point, man. Great point. I, I I have nothing to add. I think De La Soul is. I mean, you you echo some of the same sentiments, man. They they that and I'm not even gonna get into that 2016 album, but uh, but but we'd be on Twitter and 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 every time we was talk, trashing it. People saying that they liked they it. They loved it. And, you know, it was another thing, and it I, it doesn't make any sense at this point, but I think that album 
debuted like at like number five or something. I like it was something crazy, and it debuted higher than any of their other albums did, or something like that. So that is a testament to how dope they are. Public exactly. Enemy ain't doing that, and exactly. WA ain't doing that. Nope, <laughs> so, not even close. So like you just, said, n- nearly thirty years later, they're still here and they're still doing it. So that that speaks volumes. Yeah. Um, my number four, Eric and Parrish making dollars. EPMD. Um, man, this group, man, obviously came out in the 80s. Uh, they 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 were the streets, man. They they were the streets for you know kids like me who grew up in South Carolina that you know had no idea about what was going on in New York. Um, and they just the the rhymes were dope, the beats were even doper. Um, EPMD man was just though they they were like some of the first cats that I remember seeing on videos that just really really looked cool. You know the album covers were cool. You know and then they had the business theme. You know strictly business, out of business, going. You know <laughs> two more businesses, whatever the case was. Um, EPMD man was just one of those groups, man. That I think at least for me. Me and my boys, man, we just, when they came out in 88, we just, gra- everybody gravitated toward that music and that sound and that look the Fisherman has. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that speaks volumes about EPMD, you know, which we, <laughs> me and this guy right here argued on a previous podcast was when they broke up, it was like a death in the family. Because keep in mind, when we heard about EPMD, the EPMD breakup, uh, it was there was no Twitter, there was no internet, so I think I saw it on MTV News or something like that. And then so subsequently, you know, we were sad because at that particular time, hip hop groups didn't break up, right? And um, you know, obviously they got back together, and you know, they're still making music, man, still making dope sounds. But I think uh, this this group, man, I think for me. Their their style, their sound, their quality of, of of and their body of work stands the test of time, man. I got EPMD coming in at number four. That is very solid. It is. It is. Who you got for number three? <sighs> now, since we're talking eighties, we're talking eighties. I'm going to put this is this is at, at the three spot. At the three position, that's at small forward. <laughs> a group who, in the 80s, and only the 80s, made iconic, classic hits. Classic hits. Now, because we're only talking 80s, so. Only 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, two MCs. One DJ mm. made the debut in 1983. Mm. Houdini. Boom. <laughs> I knew that they would make your list. I just wasn't sure where. Number three. Listen, um, we have uh, the rapper Jalil. Have uh, Ecstasy. And Grandmaster D. Hit me. A funky beat. <laughs> um, the, the, 
Houdini was so dope because they did something brand new. They, 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 their sound was totally different from everybody else's. Part, uh, partly because they didn't record in the United States. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. They, um, they recorded in, in England. And they had producers who did other shit. They, they, um, they had Thomas Dolby um, produce a lot of their songs. Thomas Dolby is another, um, he's a singer, 80s, did the, the Blinded Me with Science. Yeah, he, he produced Houdini's joints. He did uh, Mr. Magic's Wand. Yeah, because he had all that electronic techno stuff. That's all you hear in the in the five minutes of funk. That then that all that all that stuff came from there. All nobody. If you listen, it was like yeah, it's London. If you listen, none of their tracks, none of their beats sounded like anybody else's at the time. The drums and stuff, they were. They had bands that were playing it. They didn't sample drums like how Run DMC would or everybody else would. They had bands that were playing those. That's why you, that was the, when you heard the Friends beat, that's why that was the first time you ever heard that beat. Because hmm. that beat didn't exist. <laughs> so they, they, nobody sampled that. Um, the Freaks Come Out at Night, all that, all the music or most of the music was original music. The, the instruments and the electric it wasn't samples it wasn't somebody um taking a guitar riff from another song and using all of that stuff was so that's that's what made them extra dope um and because of that the songs stood out they had so many classic they have in my opinion more classic singles than probably any other group now mm-hmm. they don't have more dope songs because mm-hmm. you but know the singles yeah but the singles Class, not not just favorite singles but classic singles yeah you get big mouth freaks come out at night friends funky beat one love mm. five minutes of funk mm. i mean it, it, they were strong Iconic in the 80s. Singles. Yeah, they were they were strong in the 80s. Um and you know, because of how strong they were, you know, they kind of got pigeonheld into the to the um to that sound and they just they couldn't evolve with it. But and I, we, we we talked before um on 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 another show how back in the day, if you went gold and doing hip hop, people were like, yo. 84 Escape and Back in Black in 86 by Houdini went platinum. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying a lot. That's 84 and 86 with platinum. Um, that was unheard of in 84 and 86. <laughs> so, so uh, Houdini, Houdini had to be on the list. And again, they're, they're typically, if you talk about hip-hop groups in whatever decade, period. But especially, you know, if you even broke it down to the 80s, nobody's going to bring up Houdini. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do. 
because I need people to 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 peep dopeness. Dopeness is not just in the top three things or five things that's on everybody the tip of everybody's tongue. You know, is the the candy at the bottom of the bag is just as delicious <laughs> as the candy at the top of the bag. Or the French fries. Yeah, there's there's you know the prize and the cereal box is not floating at the top of the cereal for a reason. You got to get in there. Um, I'm sure that flew over a whole bunch of people's heads. Yeah, shouts to uh, the the submarine around on bacon, bacon soap <laughs> and a and Mikey Wall Walker's fighter. Um, but Look, Houdini. If if you go get listen to Five Minutes of Funk and mm. listen to Love and mm. listen to Friends, you 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 are doing good for yourself on your hip hop history. You're doing good. Just go listen to those songs and get back to me, Houdini. Man, I I, I wrote them down and, and I, I didn't even ask you to do any honorable mentions, but I have them written down as honorable mention. I think I echo everything you said. I think one of the things that you said that stands out, man, is that they're constantly not recognized. And when you think about those, like you said, those classic singles and to go platinum in, what did you say, 84 and 86? Mm-hmm. That's unheard of. Like nobody was doing, the only group I can think of, well, shit, now nah, Run didn't even, Run, Run DMC didn't even do that in, when um when Rockbox dropped. Uh, and if they did go platinum, it was probably later, you know, um, after the next album dropped, but yeah, Houdini, man, they they didn't make my list, but I'm glad that you had them on your list, so at least they get talked about. Mm. But um, for those of you listening, if you don't know about Houdini, man, do do your research, man. This, this group is incredible, and they don't get the recognition that they deserve. Uh, like I said, they fell just short of my top five. But I'm glad that they're in E's top five because at least that way we get a chance to talk about them, man. So, yeah, shout out to Houdini. Um, my number three, mm. Niggas for Life. Mm. Straight out of Compton. NWA, baby. Uh, I, it goes without saying, man. This group is iconic. Um, I love them. Uh, I, I love the fact that they really pushed the bar as far as what they wanted to say. Um, you know, they weren't afraid to say who say what they wanted to say and be who they were. Uh, we all know about, you know, their stance as far as the police and talking about police brutality. And, you know, quite frankly, a lot of the stuff that they talked about in those albums and those songs, you know, preceded the, you know, LA riots and, and, you know, police brutality. And they, they really talked about a lot of stuff that, you know, we talked about, amongst ourselves but to be able to put it on wax and put a movement behind it i think says a lot um but i think this group was just you know they call themselves the world's most dangerous crew and i agree and this group over a period of time you know the 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 family tree if you will uh was extremely successful from easy e to the groups that he touched like bone thugs and harmony to Ice Cube and Ice Cube going on to be this big, huge Hollywood movie star uh, to Dr. Dre. And we all know what Dre has done as far as uh, his production and then his work with Eminem, discovering Eminem, 50 Cent, uh, so forth and so on. Um, And now, you know, with beats and, uh, you know, being a hip hop billionaire, if you will. Um, 
so yeah i mean and that's just their longevity but just the music that they dropped uh nwa man i think straight out of compton is one of the most groundbreaking uh hip-hop albums of all time i think and i i had a discussion slash argument with cat the other day and he was telling me that straight out of compton sounds dated and what I tried to explain to him was, if you're listening as a 20-year-old, uh, what it sound? I don't know. I don't, first of all, I don't know what dated means because I think mm, well, you I, know, I know what it means. But you when you I, when you play something to dance to well, in yeah. 2016 yeah. or 2017, exactly. Yeah. So in 2017, yeah, it, no, it's not gonna sonically, it's not gonna sound you know all that great or whatever like that. But you know, a lot of the music from the 80s, no, they didn't. Like you mentioned. Earlier, they they didn't have the necessarily necessary equipment, and a lot of the music was based off of samples that was you know from other years, earlier years or what have you like that. So no, the album's not dated at all. You have to actually listen to what they're saying, and I think that's part of the. And I've heard you know people have told me on Twitter, well you know I can't really get into the '80s hip hop because you know the music just doesn't sound the same to me. Well, no, it's not going to sound the same sonically, but back then in the music it really didn't yeah, um, a lot of ways it didn't people didn't care about how it sounded it's about what the guys were rhyming about or the girls yeah, were rhyming about if you listen to uh beyonce's lemonade <laughs> and then play where did our love go by the supremes yeah that's not gonna sound that's gonna sound dated as hell but where did our love go was an incredible song still is to this day and yeah. you know i mean like hey uh, you better shop around I'm like shit that's the they're killing it but you know exactly and i and i and that's my only response was like i could take a song like for instance south bronx mm-hmm. you know on one of the most incredible hip-hop albums ever by you know bdp mm-hmm. um the beat sounds like somebody was playing on a Casio keyboard, a a 12 year old. There's nothing great about the beat. There's nothing dope about how it sounds sonically. Put it on in a club and see what happens. I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to do you one better. And and this this is something that you can, um, people that's listening, I want you to think about this. And this is something that you, Kyle, can do or mention when you have these debates with people. Mm Mm-hmm. Say this. I could take one of these songs from the 80s and play the acapella over any beat. <laughs> and it's going to be dope. Or I could play the acapella, period. Mm. And you're going to love it. But let me take the acapella from one of your Trappy Trap songs. <laughs> I pull up to the store. I gotta- you gonna look like a fool if you you would be embarrassed. It's the equivalent. It is the equivalent. It's the one hundred percent equivalent of being at a club and having everybody dance, but turn the music off and just watch them dance. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck like, are they what doing? Are you doing? You look like an idiot. That's right. what that music sounds like without the backing track. Right, but. Here's the, here's the other thing that um, that doesn't go mentioned enough in the 80s because we're talking about the 80s right now mm-hmm. when they released a single they would release the single the instrumental and the acapella mm. they'd be like yo here's, 
It's just the lyrics. It's just it's just somebody rhyming. You know, of course, for DJs to put it under a different thing or anything, a different song, or, you know, mixing it. But we just listen to the acapella like, damn, he, he killing it. Right. We were listening to music. People just beatbox mm-hmm. because the lyrics was dope. Go ahead and play, um, yeah, whoever the your your, your, your Migos with no, <laughs> no with please no don't. music. Please with, don't with acapella. You let's, have an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah, but let's let's see how dope it is with no music behind it, and you just had to listen to the list. You would be embarrassed. Like, damn, that sounds really stupid. Right, right. <laughs> that, that that that's a great point. I, I would definitely use that. So yeah, I. I I, it goes without saying, man. Coming in at number three for me, N.W.A. Man, I, I love them. Uh, the album still, both albums still get run for me. Um, I think it's a shame that they only had two albums. Uh, you all, we've seen the movie, and he and I did a podcast about the movie and everything like that. And um, you know, I think it's good that they got the shine that they you know got, and you know, obviously they went into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and. You know, so N.W.A. man, um, one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Um, so let's move on to number two. Who you got at two? Now I I, I forget, and because I, I, I did my list, I, I I promise I did. Were these what we thought were the best, or these are favorites? Just your your thoughts. Because it's two different things. Yeah, your your thoughts of who who the best is. Okay, cool. Not favorites. All right, all right, no, cool. Not favorites. All right. So in that case, um, number two. As Eric and Parrish Millennium Duckets. Okay. Um, EPMD. Um, the reason, the reason why EPMD are so high, and the reason why they're number two. Um, and I, I, I preface this because you know if we went favorites, they were going to be number one. But it's not my they're, because they're my favorites. Mm-hmm. Okay. My favorite okay. group. Okay. But I, you know, being a subjective list and all. Uh, so the. Um, they changed the they changed rhyme they changed rhyme the rhyme patterns of a group they changed how groups uh, the production for groups and and they ushered in a brand new style if, if you listen to a Houdini like I said before or a UTFO they wasn't rhyming like EPMD. EPMD did for groups what Rakim did for soloists. Mm, mm. Um, they instead of I'm doing this and this now back to him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then they're like ah, he gave it back to me, so I'm saying this now back to him, you know, or or the we rhyme, I do it, he did it, we did it, and then it's do the other part together. They get rid of all of that. They was just like, yo, I'm the E double E. And and the other thing is, they within a group, you also didn't have this, had different styles. Hmm. When you had uh, Ecstasy and Jelly was the same. Ecstasy talked about women a little bit more, but they were about the same. Right, they're about the same. You listen to Run DMC, Run the DMC, they're about the same. DMC had the ill echo. You listen now, UTFO, I will give them their props. They had different personas. They was like wrestlers. You had an educated rapper who would just only talk about some educated book smart shit. Mm-hmm. And then Dr. Ice would always throw some medical terms in there. And Kango was a lover. He was a soldier of love. 
So he would round, you know, mostly about women. But if you weren't astute enough, you wouldn't have peeped that out. But their cadence and everything was just about the same. EPMD, one dude had a lisp. So you couldn't, that was, was <laughs> different anyway. And it was, it was pretty obvious too. Yeah, he had a lisp. And they both rhyme slow. But Eric Sermon will get you with the humor. Every now and then he'll break out and start singing. And PMD was a straight man. He just, you know, he would just go straight lyrical, not playing around. And and that kind of dynamic was you didn't have that anywhere in hip hop before. You had some personas, but you didn't have a no, this is this is me. Also, you didn't have people's like, um, my name is MC M C D. He was like, uh, my name's Eric Sermon. <laughs> right, that's, right, right. That's, that's my name. That's my name. Yeah, it wasn't Dr. Ice. Wasn't Jaleo, which is his name, but he used his whole name. My I'm my I'm rapper Eric Sermon. That is me. And um so so but the but the the, the production, the production wasn't just a um a eight oh eight. It wasn't just uh you know a regular sample. They really did some for real production. It was a lot of funk. A lot, lot of stuff funk. Going, a lot, lot of funk funk. going on in there. Um, a lot of a lot of cool in the gang. Uh, some ZZ Top, uh, Bob Marley. I shot the sheriff was in there. Uh, Zap more about when. Listen, when you got to chill dropped. When you got to when I, like I just said earlier, when you you got to chill was the equivalent to I ain't no joke coming out mm. for for as groups and MCs. When that came out, it was like okay, so. We we got to change everything that we're doing because nothing zero sounded like that before that, mm. including I ain't no joke. Nothing in hip hop sounded like you guys to chill before you guys to chill came out. Mm. And um, like like you said, they had. You know the business gimmick, which when they first came out, I was like, "Oh, I'm strictly business, okay." And then the next one came out, like, "Oh," and then the other one came out, like, "Oh," <laughs> and then you're just wondering what the next one was gonna right. be. But um, the 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 and how you were talking about NWA, and I'm not gonna get into my personal feelings on NWA because it'll be crazy. I think I think they're overrated, but anyway. When you talked about the WA and their family tree, I argue the EPMD's family tree, while not as big, mm-hmm. is doper and has more talent to it. Because the NWA family tree, your biggest branches is Cuban Dre. Dre production, eh, for the most part, is pretty good. Yeah, right. Cube, eh, you know, and two albums deep after you know, third album. It's like, okay, you go on with yourself. But EPMD's tree includes Red Man, Dos Effects, K Solo, Keith Murray. And by, you know, depending on how you want to branch it, even Method Man is on that tree. Mm. Um, but all the people that Eric Sermon produce. You know, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a strong tree. Jamal. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strong tree if you, if you really look at it. 
you know, because um, they did a lot for uh, for hip hop, and even you know when they first came out, you know, people around town talking this and that, how we sound like that. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, I mean, that, this is coming from an era where it sounded like the greatest lyricist of all time was a diss. Was a diss. <laughs> it was like you, you how, were wrong for sounding like one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, that is the equivalent of you being outside shooting hoop. Man, man, you play like Jordan. Like, but, but uh, now back then you went. No, I don't. Because <laughs> biting was not allowed. It didn't matter who the fuck it was. Right. I know I get out of here. I play like me. But it's the equivalent of that. Like, man, get out of here. Like, hey, yo, I just did a um, play. That shit's just like Shakespeare. But, but, but that means it's dope, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that means it's. Okay, all right. So anyway, um, yeah, that's 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 what I'm going with. Number two, and it's it's clearly, um, I I think we better have the same number one. But anyway, I, go we ahead. Should have the same number one. My number two. Well, hold on, hold on. Wait. Who could this number two? Oh, okay. I know what the number two is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know what your number, number two is. Number two. You I already was, know. I, yeah, I was wondering for a second. I was like, who could it possibly? Ah, uh, it's these guys. E a group, a crew. Not similar. We wear black Wranglers. Um, yeah, Public Enemy, man. Uh, this this group, I think, uh, man, it 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 goes without saying. I think they are one of the most influential hip hop groups of all time. Not just for me, but a whole movement. Um, for a lot of us, uh, you know, the eighties. You know, while the 80s gave us some great music, the 80s was, uh, you know, some some very troubled times in the hoods uh, and in the suburbs and in the country, as, as, you know, us down south folk would say. Um, and it wasn't necessarily good in a lot of neighborhoods, uh, you know, with the pushing of, you know, social agendas and crack and, you know, police brutality and all of these social ills that, you know, really beset most of us even to this day. That being you heard said, what uh, you heard what Craig did to Applejack, right? <laughs> he killed it. Yeah, <laughs> just checking. Uh, but nonetheless, man, Public Enemy was a group, man, that really brought a lot of these issues to the forefront. And then they really, you know, talked a lot about you know the self pride and self reliance uh, for us as a people, and to have that type of political message, but not necessarily beating you over the head with it. And I think I will make a case that PE probably in their subsequent albums in the nineties, you know, kind of got a little bit more preachier and people kind of, you know, kind of tuned people out a little bit, but in the eighties and early nineties, man, PE was coming with it. And, um, you know, their first three albums, yo bum rush the show, uh, takes a nation of millions, hold us back and fear of a black planet. You know, you could put those three up against any other group, uh, a set of albums and you know they will they will hold their own um chuck d uh his voice his power again as a lyricist doesn't get mentioned in a lot of conversations as one of the greats um but his message uh fight the power is a you know a great theme song was the the, the theme for the do the right thing movie um you know 911 is a joke i could go on and on about their anthems flav was just he was there, you know, he was lamping, lamping, cold, cold lamping. <laughs> he got Louis boy, not tramping. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think this group, man, they really were ahead of their time as far as some of the things that they were talking about socially. But uh, even in all of that, delivering a message, but still don't rhyme, still making us dance, still making us think. And I think at a time with, you know, things were very, you know, the world was, you know, in a lot of turmoils, public enemy really brought something different to the to the table because they were able to deliver a message. And, and again, we're not sounding preachy. And, um, and and it was hard, man. The production on the albums, crazy. Shout out to the Bomb Squad. Uh, and again, you know, you had the yin and the yang of Chuck D and Flavor Flav. You know, Flav wasn't going to blow you away lyrically, but, you know, if you saw him on stage with the S1Ws, you know, he was going to have a good time. So, yeah, coming in at number two for me, uh, that would be Public Enemy. Um, so now, here we are, man. We're at number one. Our number ones, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they are the same. Uh, so tell the people, man, who comes in at number one? Uh... Number one, number one with the bullet, the greatest of all time, the greatest hip hop group in the 80s. Super love for seeing Casanova Rudd, man. Check this out, Rudd. Come on, get on, get some. Stop yelling it. I know you like the jam, but his name is still seldom telling it. Simple because I hide it, but super loving be getting them. Causing the girls to freak the funky jams, and I'll be kicking them. Point to any girl as I rap. They will be quoting, also scoping, and hoping I was a man because I'm doping. Girls love the love of the- We had to put super. What? What happened? No. What? <laughs> girls have got them locked. Pump it up. No? Love that joint. That show is incredible. One, two, a pump. pump oh, you meant on the okay. This list, this list. My bad. My bad. Um, uh, Daryl and Joe. It is. Uh, Rod DMC, uh, number one. Uh, regardless of what your opinions are of their uh, longevity, you can't put anybody. Ahead of Run Dibs. I mean, I would love to, but you just can't. They meant too much to hip hop. They meant the work. If it wasn't for them, we might not even have hip hop. This is true. This is so true. Because, you know, before them, we would, you know, they weren't the first rap group by any stretch of the imagination. No. But they brought rap. From trying to be like disco and punk rock and made it its own thing. The early the early rap groups were still trying to get into the clubs and compete with the same music. They were dressing like they were in feathers and spikes and you know, <laughs> they were dressing you know, weird, real weird. <laughs> it was. If you look at, go look at the old Africa Bambada shows or the Furious Five. Look what Melly Mel used to wear. And Run DMC was like, All right, let me just throw on these Adidas and some jeans and these hats, these gold ropes. There were no gold ropes before Run DMC. Mm. Look at look at the funky four plus one more and Melly Mel and and uh, they, you're not gonna see any pictures of them 
with gold ropes before Run DMC came out. Just the style alone. Mm. But the music and 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 uh the the back and forth um that they did and and, and the rhyme patterns again, like I said, um DMC with that echo. It's two people in hip hop that works the echo like no other. It's DMC and Greg Nice. Nobody rocks the echo better than those two. Um, but they, they they come out with uh, the, the the self-titled, the Run DMC. You know, and this is back when your album had like four songs on it. But <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the songs was like six minutes apiece. Right. Um, but um, the first album, Rockbox, had. Um, Crush Groove 1 and 2 on it. For those of you listening, uh, Crush Groove, not the song from Crush Groove. Um, a lot of people don't know this, so let me... Do you, I, I'm always here to educate a little bit. Do the, song, the song Sucker MCs, the two kids go, a friend of mine asked me, that's Crush Groove 1. People don't know that. <laughs> and, uh, and they have another song called Hollis Crew. Mm. That's Crush Groove 2. Um, but, you know, the first joint, they had um, my, <laughs> arguably, and it depends on how I feel, but I have one of the most weirdest favorite Run DMC songs of all time. <laughs> 30 Days is quietly my favorite Run DMC song. Stop it. I love that song. That's crazy. Have you ever found a man with a guarantee? Well, you're looking at him now because the man is me. <laughs> oh, man, I buy you things and treat you right. And if it ain't significant, <laughs> once I co work it out twice. Hey, man, I love 30 days. If you find that you don't like my ways, well, you can send me back in 30 days. <sighs> anyway. Um, uh, people that don't know um, the the song Daryl and Joe, that's Crush Groove three. Mm. Um, Together forever, it's Crush Groove four. Another banger. Okay. But, but you know, but they they had some. Now when I was talking about Houdini earlier with singles. The only group I can think that can mess with them is Run DMC. That's it. Because that uh, you know, uh, King of Rock. Uh, you talk too much. Can you rock it like this? Uh, uh, and we're not even getting a raise in hell. I'm just, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like that. And that's the way it is. Rock box, hard times, suck it. We're not even talking about raising hell. <laughs> raising hell by itself. By itself. Oh my raising God. hell by itself is every song is a classic. <laughs> Even I don't particularly care for Walk This Way. I don't but either, a, but, you know, but it's, but a it's, classic. it's a classic, yeah. Every song, and you cannot say this about, I can't think of any group. I can't even think of, not even EPMD, because they got Caleb Boss on the scratch on uh, Strictly Business, and they got the, You Had Too Much to Drink on Unfit. Shut up, Every uh, Stuff tastes like fruit punch. I could drink that all night. Oh. Um, <laughs> Um, but every song on Raising Hell is a classic in one way or the other. 
whether it's a longevity like a, a bona fide classic like my Adidas and it's tricky and raising um not raising hell but um uh, Peter Piper I like a, a, a legit classic or just a classic like dumb girl mm. like that's just a, it's just it's a classic a timeless classic maybe not like my Adidas and Peter Piper and walk this way and it's tricky right. by the way those are the first four songs on the album. They that's how they come out the gate. <laughs> just, just like, look, this is what we doing. This is what we doing. We ain't you playing with y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and I'll be remiss because I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Kyle uh, discussing and doing the knowledge on redemption as well. But I'll be remiss if I don't say it again. The greatest twenty seven second songs in the history of hip-hop put it like this this is what you can do and this is what i do it's two things that i do to see who my audience is i did this on when i had a message board i did this on twitter i've done this on facebook i would go on facebook and you know you can put in your status Mm -hmm. i would go in and i would type a capital a and a whole bunch of capital W's. The next person under that will reply with, "Nobody can rap quite like I can." <laughs> if you if if you go into a, a group of people and just go, "Aww," they're gonna finish it. Right. Also, the second thing that I'll do, I'll go on Twitter and I'll type, "Yo J, Yo J, check this out." I was born. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> they will finish it. And if you're in a group of people, somebody's going to bust up the beatbox. They have to. <laughs> have, it's a must. They have to. And if you're around real, true hip hop fans, at the end, they're going to say, and that's how it is now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and if you're hanging around me, I'm going to be like, you know what, brother, be black. Because <laughs> that's what came on immediately yeah. after. Oh, my God. That album. Oh, my God. Man. Reason Hell is um, my third favorite hip-hop album of all time. It's number three. It's been number three fuck, every, since it came out. It's number three. I have a, I have a, num- I have a top five that's never changed. Yeah, that the Raisin Hell album is one of those albums that we and we often said this before, and I'm gonna say it again. As a hip hop fan, if you don't have that album in your collection, if you don't have it in your phone, if you don't have it in your iPod, if you don't have it in your whatever, I don't know how you can call yourself a hip hop fan because like that is the holy grail of hip hop albums. Like you. You got it. Now, where where you want to put it on your list? That's fine. But incredible album, and like you said, the first four songs. I mean, like they just really just smack you in the face. Like this is what we're doing. And I mean, like there's very few albums where. And I I have to go back and look, and I don't have the information in front of me. But I think if they really wanted to, they could have released every single off that album, and mm-hmm. it would have been a hit, hands mm-hmm. down. And again. I can make a case that the most popular song on the album "Walk This Way" is probably the weakest song on the album. That's 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 where I stand. So you know, 
the most popular song, the song that got them on MTV, got them all these awards, got them all this money, is the weakest song on the album. And it's still a good song. You know, I mean, it's not the first song that I play. It's not a skippable track, but it's the weakest song on the album. But yeah, man, Run DMC, man, I there's not much more I can say. They are, like you said, E, and I think you said it best. If you don't, if we don't have Run DMC, I don't necessarily know if hip hop of today, rap, whatever you want to call it, hip hop as we know it, I don't know if it actually happens. Mm-mm. They were just that influential because, again, you look at the time in which they dropped, and you know, not only were they the first to get major airplay on uh, MTV, but you know they were able to cross over, and they didn't make crossover songs with them throwing the the, the guitar riffs on rock box and songs like that those radio stations came to run dmc run dmc didn't have to go to those radio stations Uh you know so i I love these guys man um you know shout out rest in peace to jam master j um there's so many quotables hip-hop quotables on these albums um you literally could run through Run DMC's discography, particularly the, especially the old, the, the 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 first couple of albums, mm-hmm. and like and just play them all day, and you never. I mean, like those are good music, good good songs, good albums to listen to musically, uh, just over periods of time. Um, never gets old, never gets old or, or tired of listening to man. So yeah, I agree a thousand percent. You know, E and I rarely agree on albums. We rarely agree on things in hip-hop, man. But we do agree that the number one certified hip-hop group of the 80s is Run DMC. You know, and and just to to show you, to to give you a little glimpse of of how, because the Raising Hell is just, that album is, is crazy. You know how... Um, when Nas's Elmatic came out, mm-hmm. and people say, "Hey, man, that's a classic." But what's the one gripe that they have about Elmatic? It's too short. Right. Way too short. The, the album is only yeah. thirty nine minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's too short, right? Raising Hell is shorter than Elmatic. It, it really is. <laughs> it's shorter than Elmatic. That's how dope. <laughs> fucking raising hell is because because nobody nobody even said that like man but man raising hell is too short man nobody ever said that ever it was just like man I just, I just keep playing it man I just I just, I just, I just keep playing it that's mm, mm, you know it's twelve songs on it yeah it it, it never never grows old man so uh, there it is you have it those are our certified top five. Uh, Groups, hip hop groups of the eighties, from the eighties, man. Not of all time, but from the eighties in particular, man. So before, Even double. Go ahead. Like, like maybe three of the five is probably all time anyway. Yeah, no question, no <laughs> yeah. question at all. Um, but yeah, man. Before we get out of here, e, man, tell the people where they can find you on this uh, social media thing. Wherever I lay my hat is my home. And when I die, <laughs> oh my god, I gotta collect the mortgage. Oh my god. Uh something for the radio, Biz Marquis. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> you know, uh oh your Twitter machines, at eclectic. E C L E C T I K. On your Twitter machine, 
at Tweet Rhymes Life um, on your Twitter machine at Podcast EDP mm. on your Twitter machines at the number one gotta go um, on your iOS devices on your Stitch Radio app on your on your SoundCloud look up Eclectic Discussion Podcast on your iOS device or Android if you're lame um, no, you know, it's not. Don't blame me. That yeah, you I mean, don't blame me. Poor, either. poor decisions. Don't, don't blame me. Either. Yeah. Um, uh, on your SoundCloud, on your Stitcher, Stitcher app, Stitcher Radio app. Uh, look up Encyclopedia Hip Hop and um, listen to one of the dopest uh, podcasts. That that the it's the podcast that you love that don't be getting no airplay. <laughs> Oh, this is true. <laughs> it's, a, it's, 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 it's a lot of good production there. You're going to learn something. Every time you listen to one of my shows, you either going to learn something about hip hop, you're going to learn something about the 80s, or you're going to hear a song you never heard before or you haven't heard in a long time. I guarantee one of those four things is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or you um, might learn something about yourself. Yeah, you might have to take a, take a look in the mirror. Start crying. <laughs> right. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, uh, you know, just uh, look me up and uh, tweet to me if you if you try to debate me about hip hop, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two tweets. And depending on what you do with those two tweets, I will just not answer you anymore. But oh, I will goodness. I will give you I will give you two It'll tweets. It give you two. It'll give you two. Two so strikes. Yeah, so yeah, if if you if you you heard our five, if you disagree or if you agree, we we love the feedback, man. Hit us up on Twitter. You know, you can find me on Twitter at 12Kyle, the number one, two, K-Y-L-E. Uh, you know, this is on SoundCloud, so you can drop a comment in, in the comment section or, or a Stitcher as well. Um, no no comments on Apple Podcasts, but again, you know, you got the information. If you want to send me an email, hit me up at 12Kyle at gmail.com. Um, so, yeah, man, you, you've been schooled. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so for my man E right here. Uh, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000. Oh, shit. (laughs) We out. (laughs)